Welcome back to ASD, A New Perspective, and a new special podcast series, ASD Myths, the podcast show where we help you understand the truth about your child's mind and encourage you that growth is possible. In the first show of this series, Dr. Gutstein explores the social myth that children and adults with ASD do not desire relationships. In fact, Dr. Gutstein explains, quite the opposite is true. So one I think, I think is, I hate to say promoted, but certainly communicated by the media is one that popped up a number of times in a recent survey I did, which is the idea that people with autism are loners, they would prefer to stay alone, it's an old myth, I feel like, that I heard about when I was growing up, and it kind of stuns me that this idea that, that they don't have a desire for relationships, when in fact, I have found that many, like, like people do, many long for relationships. Oh, yeah. How... how Talk to us about this myth, because it's... Well, it's a very unfortunate myth. It's a very dangerous myth. Um, and sometimes it gets used to propagate this, this belief that we shouldn't try to change people with autism. I've heard that they're happy being on their own. I've even had parents years ago that would say that to me. They'd say, well, why should we try to change him? Maybe he's just a, a type of person. I mean, they would equate with being like an introvert. And I would try to explain that even someone who's an introvert has a very basic need for relatedness. That's a human need. The unfortunate thing about that myth is that it discriminates against people with autism because it implies that they're not human beings. It implies that they are different from us. When you think about you, you know, basic human motivations and drives, we know that there are several that are universal to everyone who we consider a person, a human being. Relatedness is one of them. It doesn't mean there's a diversity in how much we want to be related, how, how many, what percentage of our lives we want a relationship. But, the, but what we know is that human beings are designed or built if you, by God, by evolution, however you believe it, to be in relationships, to be in interdependencies. And that without that, we wither and we die. Um, we can't, we don't survive. And that's built into us. So when we start, when we start to talk about people with autism, as not want, not having that, the dangerous thing then is that we start to um, implicitly treat them like they're not us, they're the other, they're not our species even. And that opens us up to all kinds of, in, without even realizing an implicit discrimination and, and persecution almost, and treating them in a very inadequate manner, unless we start to think about intervention the way we do at RDI, which is building those real foundations of relationships and having gradually over the years, developing the mental part of that, the internal, not the behaviors to pretend, but the real ability to empathize and to be aware of your own emotional state, your own ideas and thoughts, be able to share them, and be curious about others and be able to handle both of those perspectives, you know, all those things that take years to do until we recognize that we can do that with people with ASD makes a difference and we should do that. Things aren't going to change. And so you can see why that myth, a lot of times again, myths may, are maintained because they let us sleep at night. <laughs> they let us 
you know, pretend that things aren't as bad as they are until you are the family where you have a child who is so depressed or suicidal, then you can't pretend anymore, you know, um, unfortunately. And it doesn't have, as I say, it doesn't have to be that way. It's really unfortunate because we know that, you know, we can find ways for people with ASD to, to have meaningful relationships. And we've seen it, we see it all the time in what we do. The other thing that you touched on, which was on my list, is an idea which IQ, having worked with the, 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 the families and the children, seems almost outrageous that it's still a myth, but that there is no personality or that they all have the same personality. So they're all this way versus as everyone having a different personality. I don't know how that myth maintains. I, I don't understand it. I think that's right. And I don't think people actually say that, but it's the way they act. And so if you see, like, if you go into a school and you see their, you know, a school has an autism program, there's an assumption that everyone with autism is going to benefit from the same way of teaching or the same, you know, way, style of doing things and, or learn in the same way. Um, and, you know, and, and the idea that, people with autism are that different. Again, lumping them together, not as human beings who have a neurological you know, vulnerability that, that prevents them from obtaining certain experiences, but of being this sort of distinct subspecies, right? That all act this way and all have the same desires and motivations, and they all like to play with trains, and they all like this. It, it's sort of convenient. It's cheaper because you can provide, you don't have to provide personalized education or treatment for people. You provide, you know, these, uh, like when we talk about ABA and DIR or whatever, you know, everybody gets the same thing out of the manual no matter what because they have autism. doesn't matter what their needs are, what their vulnerabilities are, you know, where they are developmentally, we can, we can justify giving everybody the same thing, which is pretty weird. And then, of course, you mentioned personality, that everyone is going to have that same interest or something, or, this, or they're going to want to be with each other necessarily, that they like each other. And, you know, I think people with ASD – when they do, you know, form friendships, relationships, it's because there is some com some compassion or understanding for one another. But it has nothing to do with the fact that they might have totally different interests, a totally different temperament, you know? Um, some people with ASD want more activity and some are more thoughtful, some are more introspective, extra, you know, some are more out there, some like to do things with their hands, some like to do things with their minds. And, you know, just like anyone else, there's, a, there's an entire range of things. I think the problem is, because of the, the impairments that they have because of the lack of opportunity for growth, that, that those impairments cover up their personalities, they cover up their individuality, their uniqueness. And, and that's what we get to see because of what we do when, when those impairments are no longer so significant in terms of their growth, when we see them all moving towards growth and not basically in, a, in an avoidance or you know, maintaining stability at all costs, then we get to see who their personality is. Thank you, Dr. Gutstein, and thank you for joining us for ASD, A New Perspective, and our new special podcast series, ASD Myths, the podcast show where we help you understand the truth about your child, and we encourage you that growth for your child is possible. I'm Kat Lee. See you next time.